Hey everybody, I am Adrian. This is Josh. And if you're listening to this, you are listening to the The Dirty Dirty Rotten Rotten Church Kids Podcast. Podcast. Welcome back. Hey everybody. Welcome back, bud. Hey, listen, uh, if you're listening to this episode, the weekend we're recording this, it is Thanksgiving weekend. Happy Thanksgiving, bud. I'm very full. Day after. I have eaten turkey four meals in a row. You do the math. Prepared for two days. Yeah. Get good. Well, no, actually. Just just the same just sliced the turkey. Same, same sliced nice turkey. Though. I've had a lot of pumpkin pie. Yeah. I had it for my after lunch. <laughs> after lunch lunch? Yes. It was just so much of it. I couldn't count it as dessert because I just kept eating it. And then my justification was, well, I made it. That's true. I should be in charge of this creation. Do you guys always do eating. like a big a big Thanksgiving thing or is it, is it all here or where do you uh, do I don't have a, uh, like a big extended family. Sure. So we did it at uh, my aunt's house. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, it's always the, the the family drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I don't know. It's it's to be expected, yeah. but I'm always surprised at how much drama occurs. Like it, it like culminates on one day. Like everything could happen separate, but like Thanksgiving just draws yep. the weirdos. It's true. Much like the church. <laughs> At Thanksgiving, it took is us the, only a minute. In, it took us less than two minutes to get the shit to come Jump to church. right yeah. in there. Uh, How was your Thanksgiving? It was good, yeah. my friend. It was good. We spent time with the in-laws, and then today, Black Friday, we went and got our Christmas tree. Oh, nice. Yep, I'm covered in sap. Yes. And I did my best to balance the tree. Uh, I will say it sloped to one angle, and it took me too much effort to try and correct it, so I just spun it <laughs> such that the angle is towards the viewer. Yeah. So no one knows unless you change. My tree is crooked at every angle besides looking it straight on. That's it. It looks good if you just look at it and then close your eyes and walk away. Yeah, we tell people to close their eyes as they walk into the house, (laughs) get in the kitchen, and then look at our Christmas tree. Merry Christmas. That's really good. (laughs) So we have a guest this week. We do. Um, You want to... Actually, I mean, I can talk about it. Um, I've known her for a while. We've known her for a while. Um, She is, like, always excited to do things with our band she's like super helpful very creative um and uh we played a a, a audio feed last summer and i picked her up from the airport and this is when i'm going through the whole uh, not deconstruction thing whatever you want to call it i'm just rethinking things and like damn me and Imani are gonna have a long car ride to champaign illinois whatever. that's right i hope she's down with this <laughs> weird thinking because it's this gonna could ruin suck. a friendship <laughs> And to my surprise, she was like right on board. So I was cool. like, a kindred soul was great. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we've known this person for... I already said her name. Oh, just say we've Imani. known Imani for a lot of yeah. years. <laughs> and, uh, she can't it, talk yet. We can just keep referencing her. We can her say whatever we want. We could, yeah. we could have said a different name. Yeah. And she couldn't say anything about it <laughs> until like, we introduced her. <laughs> and she would have to say, actually, that's not my name. That's my name. Uh, yeah, if you search uh, hashtag the Anchor Collective, I would say 85% of all images will say photo by Imani. <laughs> yes. So without any further ado, we would like to... Welcome our second guest on yes. this show, and it is the one and only Missy Money Giverts. Hey. Hi, friends. Hi. How's it going? Thanks for being here on the face. show. I like, think that's good. This is good. I can... Oh. Stop it. Imani Giverts is here. I love that. Thank you so that's much. That's your intro music. It took me a long time to get and even harder to play. I feel Yay. so blessed, and I... I literally just channeled Jonathan Vaness, so I am ready. I'm here for this. For but this why? Podcast. Why Imani? Okay, so we talked about Queer Eye in the last podcast. I know. I, I heard and but I screamed. But y- you, <laughs> you hold, you are the torchbearer of Queer Eye to the entire band. Thank you. Because you, you kind of forced us. I didn't force anyone. I, I just said. I think you did. I think because I, I hadn't think watched I it yet. She goes, we should all get tacos. You, you and Lizette. 
we should all get tacos and go to the hotel room and watch Queer Eye. This was at totally Audio Food Festival. Yeah, I remember we, we all got watched tacos, it. And, and it was how many people in the room? There was like eight of us. A lot of us. <laughs> we and, were all just, and we watched Queer Eye. And <laughs> we literally, just, we were all just... We, independently we, crying. We were all just it crying. It was so beautiful. It's like, if you ever want to see eight people crying into burritos... In a hotel room. In a hotel room. <laughs> just, Five of them being men. It was and great. it was my favorite moment for myself. It was so good. Myself. It was so good. And I think that really sealed our bond as, yeah. as the best of That's friends. how... Thanks. That's how I bond with everyone, I feel like. I'm like, let's watch Queer Eye. If you don't like it, get out of my house. Uh, we uh, have a, a text thread with the band, and then we also have a text thread with the band plus Imani. <laughs> uh, when my wife found out, she's like, what the hell? I want to be in this text thread. I feel very blessed. Add her. What the heck? Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. So welcome to the podcast, Thank Imani. Thank you. Hi, um, friends. This is fun. You were one of the first people who said, like, I need to be on it. So I'm glad it's actually Aww. happening. We're making eye contact Thanks. more than we usually do. It's very hard, right? I know. It's awkward. Hi, I'm staring into your face. Um, but yeah, like like the whole car ride, I was, I, I remember texting Steph afterwards. I'm like, oh my God, it went way better than I thought. Because like. She didn't it, jump out and roll. Imani's going to be like, <laughs> this guy is like praying he to Buddha. going to hell. Yeah. Um, so for those, just to kind of yeah, lay the framework, for those mm-hmm. of us who don't know who you are, could us you just tell us a you, little bit about. What's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, and kind of how we, maybe how we met each yeah. other? Yeah. Oh, God. You think I remember how we met? You don't have to say you that make part. anything up. No one knows anything's real. <laughs> That's true. Well, we met on a plane. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So, like everybody said, my name's Imani, and um, I am currently a freelance photographer and social media manager, and it is a party and a half. Um, before that, I, well like backtracking all the way to like the fun part of my life when I was a figure skater that was like my like mm-hmm. life and soul and like Jonathan Vanessa now figure skates and it just brings me joy you know I forgot you were, you did figure skating it's literally pinned to my Twitter she, she posts it like all on her social media dude no just on Twitter I literally am trying it, to get Jonathan Vanessa to skate what's Twitter the boomerang you do when you're spinning around yeah it's no so cool. but it's you need to get on Twitter I only use Twitter. Now I use the, the Dirty Rotten Church. I know. I see it all the time. I'm like, Sidebar, what's funny is that if people don't know who's posting it, because the post you oh, made. Oh, I know. Like, like I'm, I'm going to post something and pretend to be you to be really around <laughs> you, but no one will know because we don't sign anything. So that's that's right. was pretty funny. Best. I literally thought about that today. I was like, maybe he needs to sign his name when he. No, I'm not going to. Well, I know. Who so, I want to keep the people guessing. So, Imani sorry. is always too humble with herself. So, Imani has toured with bands at the request of the bands, not of, not of her sneaking on the bus. <laughs> I mean, I, I snuck on with you guys. Yeah, sure. that's because we're, we're not a band. We're not. A we're band. just a yeah. bunch of idiots. Like, please, if you come that's with us, it, it like makes us look better. That's not true. I was hoping you would actually do some name dropping, if you don't mind. Could you just tell I us some other name? I mean, I will, but like, I don't want to. It's. I mean, like the most important people that I've talked to are you guys. So, oh come on, please! Aww. Congratulations to you. Are there any bands that some listeners might recognize? Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're trying to say. Gotcha. Yeah. So I have been very blessed to go on tour with um, a band called Silent Planet. They are so fun, so loud. Mm-hmm. Um, another band called Comrades and another band called Earthgrowns. And then I also went on Warp Tour with a record label called Common Ground Records. They're based out of California. It was really fun. We did it for a week and we rode dog and we rallied. And it was rough, but it was amazing. So, yeah. See, like for me, when I think and of you your work, I think for me, like your specialty, may not specialty, but the thing that you're most known for in kind of your specific field is like your work with artists like your work with bands and like touring and shows and stuff like that can you tell us a little bit about that what makes that so special yeah oh man it's my favorite thing it's probably my favorite type of art to create mostly because it's 
like I love people so much and I love helping people like move forward with their dreams and uh, I feel like what I can give to, like what I can offer to people is just like here's some photographs of what you look like when you're doing what you love the most mm-hmm. okay be blessed bye yeah um, but it's my favorite thing because there's just something so special about watching people do what they love and be able to pour out every single emotion and then being able to capture that and be like hey you have no idea what you look like but here you go and also, like, when I was skating, I had no photos of myself because, like, I hate getting my photo taken. Um, but then when I stopped skating, I was like, oh, man, it would have been so much cooler to have photos of myself to prove to Adrian that I figure he did. Because <laughs> I don't believe you. I <laughs> think you're lying. doesn't believe me. It's fine. I think I'm lying, too, sometimes. It's fine. But, yeah, that's why I love doing it. And I love music, and I do not perform. So... So this is kind of your your way to not only express your own creativity, Mm -hmm. but also kind of prop up other people as they kind of express theirs. Yeah, for sure. That's such an Imani thing. I feel like there's something about photographers (laughs) in general. Good ones. Good photographers. Good. You're right. That's a good correction. Good photographers. There's there's something in most of them. They all have this uh, passion to see that their subjects uh, kind of express their truest self. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like photography. But I'm also a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but like people I like you are my, are my yeah. favorite clients because you're never like, hmm, don't take my picture. Oh, no, I'm bad at it. I know. I'm here for it. Which like I appreciate. I want to be more like you. Okay. Yeah, just like me. It's but but your journey, like, your, your journey to be creative. I remember talking about it because mm-hmm. um, for, for a while, and I still think so now, West Palm seems to be like the the creative place for down here. Mm-hmm. So like anchor for collective, sure. our band finds ourselves up there more hanging out with people up there more. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so I remember one of the shows we were playing up there, you and I were talking, I think we went to some pizza place Yes. and the dude knew you and you're like, I want this. I want the usual. It was like very much a sitcom. Oh, did I say that? And yeah, I was like, he's, he's like, like, Hey usual. dude. He's, he's like, Hey, you want the oh usual? Oh my God, that's right. And the music came on from somewhere. And, and like, there's a hey, laugh Frank, track. It was weird. Just, <laughs> no, it's Boris. Yes. Yeah. At Clematis pizza. Yes. God bless Boris. Boris isn't listening to this, but if you ever find Boris, just go give him a high five. Make sure you tip him well. He works really hard. Pizza was super good. Pizza it was amazing. super late. But you and I got into a conversation about you had this desire to tour mm-hmm. and you were sort of doing it, like pseudo doing it, but yeah. you're also like catching shit. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were catching flack for doing it uh-huh. while at the church. Yeah. And so, and once again, like you, like our journeys were like harmonizing okay she's going through similar things in a different like you're doing photography and touring i'm just trying to rethink how spirituality means and it's mm-hmm. sort of the same wavelength yeah could you I, speak to that a little bit and yeah. i know it's a, that's a really long story no i will make but, sure that it's not like yeah. the whole podcast but um yeah it was a it was a time as Brene brown calls it it was a breakthrough not a breakdown mm-hmm. i had a breakdown it's cool <laughs> um yeah no it was it was rough because like i really value the people that I worked with and I really um respect them and all that fun stuff but like I really wanted to tour like I've always wanted to tour I've always wanted it to be the thing that I did um and I was finally getting the opportunity to do it but then I was also working a full-time job and had like a lot of responsibilities there and I was doing a lot of social media management um project management all that fun stuff and it was hard because there was no other person that could like back me up when I would go on tour so it was like having to schedule everything out, having to be on call if something goes wrong or like, you know, just social media in general, everything is last minute. Um, and I am not a last minute person. Mm-hmm. So like that was really hard for me. Um, and so then I kept getting opportunities to go on tour. And I was like, oh, frick, I really want to do this. 
And I would always be like, okay, well, I've used up all my vacation time. Like the first time I went on tour, it was fine because it was like, use up my vacation time, ready to go. And then it was like, oh, crap, like I'm getting offered to go on another tour and I have no more vacation time. Also, if I don't work and all that fun stuff, I don't get paid. Mm -hmm. But luckily, like I was able to go and I felt really bad about it. And then I got back and it was just kind of like, hey, like no one was like pissed at me. It was kind of more of just we really need you here type thing. And like some people were super supportive. Others were not. Um, They're just like, hey, when you also go on tour, like don't really post about it. Like. Da, 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 da. I remember someone said to me like uh, and like totally threw scripture out there and it was completely off and I was like uh, read the book mm-hmm. uh, but said to me like <laughs> you know you don't want to be like a stumbling block for your brothers and sisters and I was like okay first of all like I think that means like you're telling me oh you don't want people to get the idea that they can go do what they love doing yeah. too Ooh, girl um, and not work mm-hmm. in the four walls of the church but they can actually wow. go be the church so yeah. like that's where like I started having those really hard times of being like I keep slapping my leg and I'm in shorts so like sorry that's you, fine you, you should have said I keep slapping Adrian across the face because I mean, that's oh not my gonna God, have been attached to anything been great well now you guys know it's, sorry to interrupt you it's my leg by the way I feel like the stumbling block is like the junk drawer of Christian you're like oh, that's really a stum- man you drinking that's a real stumbling but, block or, like, or they're just projecting what they're struggling with yeah it is a personal you. offense like like yeah. they're they're mad that you're going out and doing because I've said that before yeah like. Hey, you can't do that anymore because it's whatever. But like, yeah. I'm actually mad that you're having fun. But and that's what I picked up. I was yeah. like, you're just upset that like I'm doing this with my life and you're not. Mm. And my thing is this that I'm learning is like you can literally do anything you want. Like mm-hmm. at this point in time in life, you can mm. do literally whatever you want. And if you make the decision to commit to something else, that's what you committed to. Um, you're Peace. allowed to change your mind in certain aspects. Like, do I believe that you're allowed to change your mind of like being a parent? No. Um, a good parent. Like a good parent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. It was just a very interesting time. So I think the last time we saw each other and talked about it when I was still working there, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, And then it just, it all played out where just like, again, like I love the people that I worked with. I'm very thankful for the opportunity and like for the growing, uh, growing pains and growing joys of working there and like working for a nonprofit that's actually like doing good um all that fun stuff but i will say like towards the end i f- was like ready to go and then i ended up getting a new boss who is probably the best boss i have ever had in my life and like i've had amazing bosses in my life um but this boss was like yo dude you can do anything is that like ian um it's max max okay. max is great ian's also amazing um but max was like the best boss i've ever had and he literally was like dude you can do literally anything like because i was like i'm sorry that my work sucks like i was just like in this habit of being like i'm sorry that this sucks like i don't feel like i'm here da, 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 da. and then this new guy comes and i'm like oh god like this is gonna suck so was max kind of like <laughs> the key that unlocked like i can do it and, oh like, yeah. poor max like yeah he came in and was like okay i'm your new boss and then literally like just affirmed me to be like hey you actually are really good at what you do and you can get a job anywhere like you can do this and i was like oh my god you're right i'm out and i felt so bad because i respected him so much that i was like i can't work for you anymore yeah like i was like i legit respect you as a human i respect you as a boss um not to say that they're not the same but like whatever Mm -hmm. um and i was like i just respect you and your wife and your family so much to the point where i'm like you deserve someone that's 100 percent here and that's not me and i hadn't been 100 percent there for like I worked there for four years. I probably hadn't been 100% there yet for like two and a half years. I've heard something said where it's like people go, 
you know, well, we can't enable our people too much or give them too much of that because what if they leave us? And then, like, the right, the, the smart manager says, well, what if we don't say that and they stay? And they mm-hmm. stay, exactly. And, like, I would have damaged the entire company, company, well, uh, the nonprofit. Organization, yeah. The organization, like, had I stayed because, like, I was unhappy and everything I was doing, I wasn't doing with joy. It was doing out of obligation and just, like, whatever. And it actually turns out that, like, one of the sweet, sweet ladies that volunteered with me, um, doing social media was actually able to step into my role. And now looking at it, like she's crushing it. Like, cool. cool. That's awesome. The photography looks amazing. The posts are so good and she's having a great time. And like, she's able to support her family a lot more. And like, she just, she's thriving in it where like I was dying in it. So I'm really stoked. And also like, if you stay in a place that you're not supposed to be in, you're blocking someone else's blessing and opportunity. And like, you're not letting yourself go forward into yours. So I wish I'd learned that four years ago, but the timing works out. The week after I started. <laughs> <laughs> and so we met you in West Palm, but now yeah. you are no longer Florida based. Yeah, I live in Nashville now. Doing the thing in it's Nashville. It's really weird. I mean, like, uh, I love How many Nashville. photos do you have up against the wings on that? What is that place? Dude, I will never take a photo against the stupid wings. You already hear, folks. The money givers will be damned before she stands in front. I'll take your Photoshop photo. One yeah, fans, if you guys know how to do any Photoshop, let's go fans. ahead. Fans. <laughs> We are so self-aggrandizing. Do it. I'm just trying to think of something. Do it. Listen. Okay. Here's the deal. I will take your photo in front of the wings for $150. <laughs> there you go. Um, Call me up, Taurus. Let's party. And like, if you want to take a selfie in front of the wings, that's fine. But no, I will. Oh God. The mural. Like, I get it. For people that don't live there and like that are super stoked to be there. It is tourist town. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I don't have. We it. went once. A ton of bio parties. Oh my God. It's about- great. Yeah. Um, you, you don't see them you hear them yeah they're loud <laughs> and they're so just drunk at two o'clock in the, in the afternoon on a it's sunday great. on yes. the lord's day get back up get back up get back up hold her hair hold her hair <laughs> and you're like girl you're in the middle of the street in front of biscuit love which is a ripoff like don't eat at biscuit love oh my gosh so how like do you everywhere. go from church into touring like how do you as a person transition because those are two but but you had already been living in that circle sort of the touring yeah. stuff it's different it's like not comfortable it's the same clothes almost all the time. Yeah, which I guess I thrive off of. Like, a lot of people think that I'm, like, pretty put together, which, like, I think I can still be put together, but, like, I can get pretty grun- grungy and, like, gross. <laughs> and, like, not gross as in, like, oh, my God, she stinks, but, like, gross as in, like, I can reuse. You can rough it. I can rough it. Yeah. And, like, I'm good at roughing it, and I'm good yeah. at, like. Not everyone can say that, for sure. Thank you. I received that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, it's interesting, because, like, working at a church like it's very like as much as it's last minute it is very regimented and Mm -hmm. it's like okay you know where you're gonna be the next day in your office like same place or at a different campus or whatever um working on a tour is like oh my god it's 4 a.m and we just finished like loading out and now we're going somewhere and uh load in tomorrow's at 4 p.m so like i don't technically have to get up until 2 p.m but i have to figure out how to like edit these things so i would say like the hardest part of that adjustment is like figuring out like a good schedule because you don't really have Because you're your own boss. Yeah, you kind of do your yeah. own thing. Yeah, so that's what I'm learning with freelance right now is, like, you are your own boss, and you can't suck at it. Right, you like, have to be able to manage yourself. It's a responsibility. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I have to tell myself off all the time. And then I have to, like, also remind myself to, like, give myself, like, positive affirmation and, like, tell myself that I'm doing a good job because I'm constantly, like, I'm failing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's so, – sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say <laughs> – can you say more about that? Is that something you've always 
you, you like make a lot of jokes. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. You seem very like kind of naturally apologetic. Yeah, I hate that about myself. Because a lot of people tell me that I do it all the time. And I'm like, I don't even realize that I do sure. it. Sure. And then you said that you like are kind of hard on yourself. Yeah. Have you always kind of. Yeah. I've always been hard on myself because I've always had like a really hard time in school. Um, and like I was homeschooled from like third grade all the way through high school. Oh, I was, but, home, I was homeschooled for a few years too. You have respect. What's up? We found out that we have very similar upbringings <laughs> and very similar stories today. Yep. We got the same issues. Yeah. <laughs> God bless us. Yeah. Um, but we're okay. We're alive now. Um. Oh my God, what was I going to say? We were talking about kind of like oh, tending being... to, so like, you know, because you do different things and you have to be responsible in different ways. Uh, and sometimes you are your own. Oh yeah, critic. being hard on yourself. Um, see, I just mentally blocked it out. Uh, yeah, so I am pretty hard on myself. I've always been hard on myself. School was really hard. So for me, like I wanted to go create things and like whatever, like to this day, like math is not my jam. I don't like it. Like praise God for a cap- like calculator. Um it's just not fun for me, but I just, I vividly remember being in school and being like, oh my God, I'm failing at math. I'm like in second grade, like it's not that hard, but in my brain, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. So then I would just shut down and be like, I can't mm-hmm. do it. And then I was like bullied really badly in elementary school by like my teacher and the the kids. That's fun. Oh, great. Yeah. So like the kids would always make fun of me because I was like a little slower. Then come to find like, I'm dyslexic, like no duh. Um, and then on top of that, like the teacher was just like constantly frustrated with me Mm. and she would always say like rude things and it was just like not fun. Um, so I think that was like ingrained into me. This was before you homeschooled? Yeah. Okay. I was in second grade. It would have been funny if you were like, my teacher sucked and it's like, it's my mom. (laughs) It's my mother. No, my mom was the- And my classmates. (laughs) Constantly frustrated with me. It was the worst. I was constantly told I was the worst student and daughter, which is interesting. (laughs) No. In fact, it was the absolute opposite. So we did something called unschooling for the first year, um, which like at the time, because homeschooling was like not a thing Mm -hmm. when that happened for me. So everyone was like, oh my God, is she going to be a freak? Is she going to be a weirdo? Like- the answer is yeah, but hell yeah, I'm fine now, I guess, kind of. Um, and they were like, oh, you should homeschool her, like whatever. And my mom did like the most thing like where she was like, OK, I could homeschool you or I could unschool you for a year because I was like so traumatized at eight. And I yeah. was like, I never want to set foot in a school like to this day. If I go into a school, but like an actual like school building, like the smell of a school like freaks me out a little bit. Sure. Like I'm 24 years old. Yeah. It still freaks me out. Um, so she was like, well, you know what we're going to do? Like. You don't have to do anything. She was like, you figure out what you want to do with your day. You tell me, we'll do it. And it was awesome. Wow. So out of that, like, I learned how to take pictures, which was really cool. Um, we would go for walks all the time. Like, I learned a lot about people and just how to interact with adults, which is really cool. Because um, we'd always just go out and my mom would be like, okay, I'm running to the bank. Like, you're going to say hi to the bank teller or, like, whatever. I'm going to teach you how to, like, do this, that, whatever, all that fun stuff. And, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that, too. It was really cool. Um. So coming out of that, I feel like a lot of like my trauma or whatever, um, the only thing that pretty much stuck with me other than like the smell of schools is like me apologizing for everything. So I'm like constantly like, oh my God, I'm too much or oh my God, like I said something wrong or something like that. So I'm working on it. Hmm. It's a time. I have no idea how we got here, but here we are. I love to just chase down the little random (laughs) things. The little things that you see. I can just dig into and just peel it back. if, if we get in touch a little bit about it, because we talked about you being on staff at a church. We talked mm-hmm. about the transition out of that. Yeah. I would like to talk a little bit about your faith tradition kind of in general mm-hmm. to kind of what got you to work at a church in the first place. Who who, who does that? What kind of weirdo yeah. would work in a church for years out of their life? For 20 years. <laughs> I would never do that ever how again. How many years did you guys how work at a church? Us. 
that's it's the longest thing I've, I've done besides being alive. Yeah, I've been working oh in a church, God. not necessarily paid, but oh, yeah. but I've been working at a church, yeah, volunteering, hours. working for like since I was fourteen. Yep, same. Yeah, it's rough. that's yeah. how it happens. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about it. Yeah. So my parents. So I, I'm gonna tell you a little bit more about my parents. They're like the coolest people. Um, they are. My mom comes from a Christian background. My dad comes from um, a Jewish background. Like from Israel, like in his bloodline, he is Jewish. Um, loves Jesus. It's super cool. So like we were raised in a non-denominational church. Kind of weird. Not gonna lie. I was like, why are they wearing robes? Like now that like I've like moved to like different churches, I'm like, oh cool, they're wearing jeans. Like why are these people wearing robes? Um. So and they have like a choir and all that fun stuff. Um, and I was just always there. My mom sang in the choir. My dad taught Sunday school because, like, he's very, like, knowledgeable in the Bible and stuff. And every kid loves him. So um, that's how I was just around church all the time. Like, if it wasn't for my mom, it was for my dad. So then I started helping my dad in Sunday school. Um, started, like, helping with these, like, little three-year-olds. Mind you, I'm, like, five. So I don't know. Any- <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything sure. except that's for, like, cute. sweet little baby. Um, yeah. So I was just always involved in church. And then. Uh, when I was 13 and was in like the youth group stuff, I was like the super awkward homeschooled kid. So I was like, this is my, like, these are my friends. This is sure. me being social. Um, and it was good for a bit. And then I got older and I started questioning a lot of things and um, started seeing things that didn't line up with like the Jesus that I thought that I was like supposed to know and like the Jesus that everyone would talk about. And I was like, yeah, people are mean. And like, I don't know. And then when I was homeschooled, like I skipped a grade and um ended up in like the high school group and i was supposed to be middle school and like it, that's like the perks of being homeschooled you can do whatever you want so um ended up in the high school group and i was like friends with these high schoolers but then of course like they're older than me so they were like uh she's a child whatever blah blah blah. so i thought they were my friends they weren't i was going through a lot of at that time i was like battling depression really really heavily had no idea how to like handle it um then would go to, like, my leaders about it and be like, hey, like, this is what I'm dealing with. And it would always be like, oh, just pray about it. Like, the typical, like, okay, pray about it. It'll go away. It never went away. All this fun stuff. So then I, like, by the time this happened, I was, what, 17? So then I was like, all right, F this. God's not real. Like, the church is dumb. Like, I've wasted all my time here. And I'm just going to not go anymore. Um, and I remember that year, because I had always, like, volunteered in church. So that year I'd won this, like, scholarship, this Timothy Award scholarship, which is basically, like, if you decide to go to seminary, they like pay for an X amount of money. And I remember like handing the plaque back to the pastor wow. and being like, you need to give this to someone that'll actually use it. Like, Oh, well, cause they were like, Oh, like you volunteered since you were a baby. Like mm-hmm. you've been like a super like blessing to the church and all this fun stuff. And at the time, like my mom had to force me to go to that service that day. And I was like, um, like there better be free food afterwards or something. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, I don't want to go. Cause I hadn't gone in like the whole year. And um, they always give it to, like, the graduating high school senior. And they were like, yeah, so this is for you. And I was like, I don't want this. And I was like, there's so many people in the church that are, like, still on this path. Like, they're super stoked about it. Please give it to someone else. And the pastor looked at me and goes, like, "Mm, God's really funny and you never know what's going to happen. Like, I really feel strongly that, like, you're going to end up, like, in ministry. And I was like, "Mm, probs not. Like, but thanks. Um. So, yeah, I took that award and it's like this little clock and it sat in my room, like in my closet. And I was like, this is so dumb. And then fast forward to like life now. Um, it's just crazy. So I like stopped going to church and then my friend invited me to this young adults group, went to the young adults group. And I was like, I really love it. And I was like, this is so great. I'm stoked about it. And then um, 
started serving in students ministry, which is like my whole entire heart, mostly because like I would love to be the person that I didn't have yeah. in middle school and in high school. And um, it's crazy because like I started serving in in the youth group and then they were like, hey, we need some more like life group leaders or whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so down. I want to do it. So I started with eighth grade and uh, one girl showed up. And cool. she didn't come back. <laughs> like, I don't think I suck. <laughs> she um, rejected you. I, yeah, I got rejected the first time. And I was like, oh, my God, they're never going to ask me to serve again. Like, whatever. And um, I remember them being like, hey, we need someone to fill in for this 10th grade life group. Like, do you mind just sitting in and, like, hanging out? And I was like, sure. So then that worked out where the other leader decided not to show up the next week. So I just started oh, going. It was perfect. But it was awesome because these girls had been together since, like, sixth grade. And um, I was like, oh, my God, I'm the new one. I'm the new girl. And, like, mm. I'm now supposed to, like, spiritually help lead you. It was petrifying. But they were so special. Like, they are so special. They're amazing. They're all probably about to graduate, which is insane to me. Um, and graduate college, not even high school, college. Um, and I just remember being, like, drawn to these girls. And there was always this one girl who I was like, she's not okay. Like, I just knew she wasn't okay. And one night they talked about, like, stuff that you like sweep under the rug or something like that. And she just like came up to me afterwards and was like, Hey, like, can I talk to you about something? I was like, sure. Or I no, I brought up like, Hey, here's some stuff that I've swept under the rug my whole life. And like, especially in like the church setting and whatever. Um, and she came up and she talked to me and she was like, Hey, like, I just want you to, you know, like I'm really struggling with depression and I'm really suicidal and I've tried to kill myself already. And like all this stuff. And I was like, Holy Jesus, she's me at 15. Like wow. literally I was talking to myself at 15 and I was like, this is petrifying. Because, like, the difference between us is, like, my mom is, like, my parents are extremely liberal. Like, super all about, like, modern medicine, holistic medicine, um, just people being people mm-hmm. and, like, doing whatever you need to do to stay alive. Like, my parents are so cool and they've been through so much. So, you know, they can speak to a lot of things. And so the difference between this girl and I, like, we were literally the same person based at 15. And the difference between us was, like, my mom looked at me and was, like, you are either going to get Baker acted or you're going to get up and willingly go to the doctor. So my mom was all about like, we're getting you the help you need Mm -hmm. and we're not going to throw some oil on you and we're Mm -hmm. not going to just pray about it. Like we're going to do, and we're going to do both of them and we're going to go to the doctor. Cause like you a hot mess. Yeah. Um, she didn't say any of that, but like that's, she didn't say you a hot mess. She didn't say you a hot mess. Like, no, I said that to myself. Cause you're painting a picture of your mother. I've never met your mother personally. You have met my mom. You met her at a Harold's coffee. You've met my mom. We oh, played inside because it rained. Yeah. You know, Gracie's mom is also my mom. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Right. You, you guys are also, related. Right. Right. Same you probably also name. met my dad, who's this like white British man. Okay. So anyway, my mom, she took really great care of us, was like, either you're going to get Baker acted or you're going to go to the doctor and willingly get help. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll go to the doctor. So the difference between us was like, my mom was like that. Her mom was just like, it's a spiritual battle. No, Figure on. it out. Pray it out. Like, pray it out. Put some oil on it. She's fine. She's fine. She's fine. And I'm like, I literally like to this day sometimes think about it and it like makes my blood boil because sure. I'm like at the time I was what, like 2017, 2016. And I was like, dear Lord, like, how do you not know? Also, as a parent, like I'm not a parent, but I have a feeling like if I were a parent, like I would just know. Hmm. So I'm like, you just think. And then my thing is like I wanted to talk to the mom and be like, hey, I know that you probably think that you screwed up. But, like, you did it. Like, she just has a chemical imbalance, and you just need to get her about their chemicals balanced. Like, this isn't your fault. Like, yeah, it's her genetics, but also, like, it's your fault if you don't help her. Yeah, that's right. So, 
that was the difference. Eventually, like, the girl got help and all this fun stuff. But I had asked her, I was like, hey, like, have you told your life group? Because mind you, they'd been together since, like, sixth grade. And they're in 10th grade now. She's like, no, no one knows. And I was like, holy Jesus. So, mm. like, it just all showed me that, like, church community is so surface level in so many ways. It can be. Mm-hmm. Um, more times it is than not. And this sweet little girl was just like, yeah, so I haven't told any of my friends in my life group I was crazy stuff and one day she opened up and they all started crying and i was like oh my god we're making progress like they all feel for empathy is flowing in this room like yeah no it wasn't even that it was like all these girls started opening up they're like i struggle with this i struggle with that like i've been dealing with this like no one knows about this and i was like oh god oh god and like every single one of them would open up like about their struggles and every single one uh, like i've been through every single struggle that they were talking about i was like it's probably really affirming, just as affirming to you. Yeah. You know, because oh, yeah. you're like, okay, I wasn't crazy. I wasn't this crazy. Wasn't like, I wasn't just like a homeschool weirdo. This yeah. is a, a thing that This all is a thing that a lot of people experience, and especially like young girls going through like, just like the trenches of like, one, your hormones are all like jacked up for years. And then on top of that, like your chemicals are imbalanced. And like, from like the eating disorders to the suicide attempts to like, like self-harm all of these girls were sharing like stories that i was like i've lived that like i've been there and i honestly was very pressed by god at the time and uh, he was like listen like this is why you didn't die when you wanted to and like this is why you had to live is because like it's these 10 girls in this room and i was like well shit i would have done it all over again like to this day i'm like i will do it all over again if we can just have these conversations and also all of them got help which was like my favorite thing and um they're all like I think they're all thriving now. I hope they are. If you're all listening to this, I hope you're thriving. Call me. Um, <laughs> let me know. And But yeah, so that really sparked my my heart and my interest of like, oh God, like if this is the state of like what the big C church looks like now and like I'm like fully in it and like the Jesus that I know now is not the Jesus that was like cookie cuttered out for me. Like it was a whole experience with Jesus, you know? Um, And so I was like, all right, well, I really want to start serving. Like I would love to work in student ministry and like, help these kids out so um it turned out like maybe a year and a half later I started working as like a project manager for students and it was the best like that was my favorite time but it was like the first year um but it was like the best and so did that for a bit and it just all kind of happened and I just constantly remember that sweet pastor looking at me and saying hmm God has a sense of humor and like you never know where you're gonna end up and I was like it ain't gonna be in ministry and now like I don't see my life outside of ministry I Definitely see my life outside of, like, the four walls of the church for, like, right now. Because I've always said, like, I'll never go, I'll never work at a church again. And then I always end up working at a church. But. (laughs) Funny how that happens. It's so funny how it happens. But you know what? Like, there is totally a season for everything. And right now it's the, like, I'm going to go be at a church. Peace out. Um, But I've never stopped, like, I've never stopped loving the idea of church. You know, I've always been, like, very saddened by the reality of it. Um, but I've heard like, and it says like somewhere in the Bible, probably I hope, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a Bible scholar and I'm dyslexic. So bear with me. But like, um, you know, the church is the bride of Christ. So therefore like, you know, does that make the church our mom? Does it make it our sister or our aunt? And like, I know a lot of really bad moms Mm -hmm. that tried to be really, really good, you know? And like in the process of being really trying to be really good, they've like burned their kids and like childhood trauma is a thing. And it's all because, like, the intention of, of our moms are always good, you know? And if they're not, then, like, that's not our mom. That's, like, some messed up thing in their brain. But 
um, I would always say the intention of a mother is supposed to be good. And so, but a lot of the times they screw up in how they, they raise us and treat us or, you know, just lead by example. So I feel that way about the church where I'm like, God, like, I love the idea of it so much, but like, we have totally screwed it up. And like, there's so much grace there, but there's also like a lot of frustration. So yeah, that's how I ended up working at a church. That's where I'm at when it comes to like, do it like, will I work at a church? Again? I don't know. Yeah. Um, probably not after this podcast, but like, who knows? <laughs> but <laughs> like, it, hey. it, it is really interesting. Like the way you said that one girl opened up and the rest of them did mm-hmm. like, cause I remember that happening with me when I was in middle school or like also sort of leading city groups. I don't know what the heck they were called. Community groups or I don't know. Whatever. Hangouts. Yeah. Stop oh. calling them life groups. Stop just, calling them call groups. Hangouts. Like just, Hey, you want to hang you're out? You're here. So you're not doing crack somewhere. Like, That's, congratulations. Your parents dropped you off cause they wanted to go have sex. That's why oh you're my here. God. Is uh, that what that was yeah. for? Oh, no, but like, and, and I, I think parents. even so outside of the church, I, when, just when someone opens up, mm-hmm. it kind of like allows us freedom for everyone else to go, okay, man, this, this person just said this. Mm-hmm. And I think especially within the church, it's, it, it's even harder to put your, to put your, it sounds so bad to say, cause it's where you should be the most comfortable to do this, but to mm-hmm. put your soul out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, everyone has their own. I'm sure can draw their own conclusions or have their own own experiences. But mine is like, you had to like be happy at church, whether I was going, just attending oh or volunteering. Yeah. Like you, and, and it was I, like, it, you're on. Cause yes. if you're not okay, then like, Oh, you're going through some spiritual thing. Just pray about it. And you're like, you're not even here to help me, Susie. So piss off. <laughs> and you and I were talking and M- money and I were talking about it. Like, and we talked about in the last podcast as well, that intention. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same reason we, we all just show up at Thanksgiving with our family mm-hmm. It's cause like we have to, and the, you kind of fake it till you make it Yeah, and that's good for a Thanksgiving dinner. But if you're doing like week in and week out about matters of the soul, Dude. It's, it's, it's like it, it, you're actually faking it and you're making your soul like, or your heart or whatever you want to call it, your insides mm-hmm. harder. Your small intestine. And, yeah. And then to reveal that is even more impossible. Yeah. It's, it was just so fascinating to me because I just remember like me being 15 and going to my like youth group leaders and being like, hey, I'm really struggling with this or like going to my pastor or going mm-hmm. to like someone that I thought like, oh, and you you're... had the bravery to say I would never say that stuff to my pastor. I would never say that. I, I don't know I'm if it was bravery or if it was like a cry for attention. Of course. Okay. I don't know. Because now looking back. But you back, did it regardless. That's in, thank you. Uh, as a 15-year-old. That's... Thank you. I think it was like, I don't really want to die, but I also don't know if I want to live. So yeah. I probably should talk to somebody about yeah. this. Um, and their thing was pray about it. It was just straight up pray about it. And I was like, or like my favorite thing that like I will still say is self-harm. So when I would talk about like, oh, I'm like self-harming myself or whatever, this girl would be like, okay, well take this rubber band. And every time you feel like you're about to self-harm, like pull the rubber band and let it slap to your wrist. I was like, first of all, homegirl, like. That's called harm. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, that's harm. Like I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't have any like, you know, doctorate or whatever, Mm -hmm. but like I'm not dead. So like I have some, some saying, but like. I'm like, I don't think you want me to go and like take a rubber band that like I'm probably allergic to and like (laughs) just hit my arm with it a thousand times when I feel like hurting myself. Like, no, it's probably like you actually need to see an actual professional and get help. Mm -hmm. And like, you should probably stop hurting yourself and you need to talk to your parents about it. Right. Not being like, oh, here's. But again, she didn't know. And the thing is what we do when we don't know, but we really want to help. We come up with all these shitty excuses of like or ideas of like, hey, this is what you should do, whatever. Instead of being like, it's not what they need. Or just listening. Just, just listening. listening. All I wanted was someone to listen to me. Cause like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, unless, unless I'm asking you for advice, I don't want it. Like, mm-hmm. I just want you to hear me out. Right. Um, yeah. You need company. You need company. And also you need encouragement to go and like have the tough conversations and go get help. Because like, 
a lot of the times people just want like the encouragement and then also someone hold their hand while they go and take their next step. So I, I feel like a reason why so many of the struggles that we have or we had uh, wasn't really accepted was because you hear the passage. It's like, hey, man, well, the fruit of the spirit is joy, you know, joy and peace. Oh and God, if you don't have off. joy and if you don't have peace, then obviously there isn't the spirit there. And you're lacking and- Jesus. Right. So it's like there's, there's something. And so it's this so sort of bad. like very like a surface level symptomatic idea saying Jesus equals happy. Yeah. Or if you want to get. OK, if you, I, I hear the like the like the Calvinist going, not technically Jesus equals joy because happiness can be taken away. Oh, but yeah. joy is everlasting deep yeah. in your gut. OK, relax. Oh, that was relax, nerd. Thank you. Um, I but mean, so, I received that. Damn, <laughs> you can have it. Thank there you. you. Put Sorry, that in I'm, my pocket I'm, for later. Go. Well, I'm good. I'm glad. I'm glad you appreciate. What's crazy how the things that we hear so many times that I'm like, get rid of this crap. People who haven't maybe heard it a billion times, that's like good and that's nourishing. So there you mm-hmm. go. That's what I get for for shitting on on a great piece of truth. Whatever. Listen. <laughs> no, yeah. I hear you. You're allowed to feel however you need to feel, and like you're allowed to say whatever you need to say. But right. but you're right. It's it's very much. Hey, yeah, just pray about it. Either because they don't know how to answer it. Yeah. Or because they feel the need they have to. Yes. And that's a huge thing I say, find. Yeah, yeah no, I'm talking about that. It. No, no. Say I was wanting to like, cause I love that. Because um, people always have the biggest frustration. I asked a friend a friend of mine who's an atheist. And he's like, why do you guys, yeah. why can't you guys just say, I don't know? Yes. Why can't you just say, I don't know why evil happens? Why can't you just say, I don't know why depression happens or why people uh, get hurt? Like, why do you have to like, uh, to, to tie it up into like a perfect little bow? I mean, we could be here for a long time. Just, I mean. We talked about it before you got here. Like yeah. the I don't know, like the simplest I don't know is the best answer you can give. Because it's the like, opposite of ignorance. It's the opposite of ignorance. And it's also just being a straight up human and being like, and being I, honest. yeah, I wasn't gifted with the knowledge of like everything. So I don't know. And like we can try to figure it out together. But my like least favorite thing that I've I've come to um, witness, I think not just in like church in general, but like anyone that feels is like tied to something like something that they identify with is like the constant need to defend it and like instead of saying I don't know or like yeah that kind of sucks and like I don't really agree with that or whatever it's always trying to find like I'm gonna pull a scripture that says this and like I'm gonna do this that says that and I'm gonna make my point known and I'm like think of it as a Christian standpoint like I'm gonna defend God and it's like God doesn't need you like I'm (laughs) sorry did we not like when did you think that, like, an almighty... Yeah, exactly. If you believe in the God that you say you believe in, yeah. right. why does he need you as his lawyer? He, he does. <laughs> yeah, God does not need a lawyer. He just, no. like, he doesn't need, like, he doesn't need you. He wants you. So, like, you have to, like, be like, I'm wanted. And if you're like me and you struggle with this as being like, you only want me if I do something for you, like, because I've struggled with that my whole life, is like, this is how I get love is if I, like, serve you, right? Um, and so if you live that way when it comes to, like, God then like you're never going to actually receive his full love because you're constantly trying to put something in front of it. So like it's, it's so fascinating. People are like, well, let me defend this. Let me defend that. And it's like, you're not even giving God room to speak and like to, you know, actually like give you the answers. And I think that was the coolest thing about the time that I was away from church from like 17 to 20. Um, that was the coolest thing because I asked so many questions and then I found to believe and understand that, like, God would rather me ask questions than to, like, lie on his behalf. Like, hmm. why would... Uh, uh, it's gross. And it's to say so I gross. don't know invites the person into a conversation. Yeah. Because if if I'm giving Adrian answers, it's just me talking to Adrian. Yeah. But if I go, I don't know how to deal... I'd never... No one's ever talking about self-harming. Mm. What is that? Mm-hmm. 
like and and then you can then like you said you could take steps with them to find the answer mm-hmm. yeah. and i i if you're going if you're going strict christian spirituality evangelical white baptist that's very much what john the baptist did mm-hmm. he like literally walked with people he walked with jesus and dunked him under the water mm-hmm. um so that that walking along and finding answers together is very much throughout the scriptures yeah so if you're taking a very literal stance on the bible i mean that's that's all throughout the scriptures like mm-hmm. that jesus did that all the time there's countless countless stories about it but i, I don't understand well now i sort of do through this conversation but that's so cool it just you don't i don't think they understand by they it's people who the, who give those answers what that does to someone who yeah. actually has questions uh-huh or actually has like a mental illness so oh, like yeah. if someone's gonna come to me and say pray about it like what you just did to 15 year old imani was literally be like okay i'm gonna go pray about it and i prayed about it for like a year nothing changed it only it's got dismissive. worse and then i was like well then jesus isn't real mm, like right. the god you just told me to pray to has denied my prayers therefore he's not real and this is a bunch of bs and i'm out of so like it wasn't until I was in my 20s, like, for me to understand, like, hey, you know, obviously there's a reason why all of this stuff happened. But if it weren't for my mom, who, like, looked at me at 15 and was like, there's something so not right with you. Like, we're going to the doctor. And for, like, her to trust that God had given, like, a doctor the brains to, like, combine chemicals to fix my imbalance chemicals. Like, I probably wouldn't be sitting here, mm-hmm. wow. you know, because, yeah. like, but it ta- it's so crazy to me that, like. If you go to church and you're like, I have a really bad heart and like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a heart attack. They're going to be like, we have a great cardiologist that like goes here and you should see him and right. or her. And like, you should get the prescriptions that you need because we really want you to live. You go to church and you're like, I feel crazy or like, you know, I'm hurting myself or whatever. And they're like, can we anoint you with some oil and we'll cast some demons out of you and we're going to like pray over you, which I'm like cool, sick, do it, but also, like, refer me to an actual psychiatrist who can prescribe me the medication I need if I need it, right. you know? Yeah. I go on for hours on that, but No, I but that... I love it. No, I love it. <laughs> I, I think... So, I asked a question when I was going... I was in college for education, mm-hmm. and the, the one of the professors said there's more cases of ADHD now and ADD than ever before. Mm-hmm. So, I asked a question, which I never did in college. I just wanted to get through the class, but I was actually... I wanted to know. I, mm-hmm. I go, do you think there are more cases of ADHD and ADD now? Or are we just better at identifying them? 100%. And I think that's kind of where we are going. Like just as a generation being more aware of mental illness, mm-hmm. that it's just as bad. Not as bad, but it's just as common as a lot of other things that happen yeah, to your body. Yeah, this has been happening yeah. for years. And, and like, now we're just getting better at identifying it. Yeah, and we're getting more comfortable about talking about it because yes. we live in this self-care like culture. So like... You know, people are like, oh, you got to actually take care of yourself. And it's really good to see a therapist. And like, it's really good to deal with your childhood trauma. Like, you guys knew me three years ago, but I don't know if you like knew me, knew me three years ago. I was crazy, dude. Like, I'm a little crazy now, but I was like crazy in the sense of like, I had so much childhood trauma that I had never dealt with that, like, if you pissed me off, I would never speak to you again Mm. because like I was just triggered by other things. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, if you hurt my feelings, like I would hold on to that for ye- like years and be like, I am the reason why you hate me or like, mm. oh, I- wow. and you wouldn't even hate me. You just get like upset with me about something like, sure. you know, but because I was able to deal with a lot of childhood trauma in the past three years, which was always fa- like fascinating to me. I had coworkers that were very like, mm, you go to a witch doctor and like, you just need to like, there's some just things that you probably just need to pray about. And like, if someone tells me to pray about it one more time, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. Like literally on the floor, hopefully on your like really expensive shoes. But like, 
Hashtag preachers and sneakers. Um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where it just fascinates me how um, I've lost my train of thought. Well, you, you're the, talking the about praying about things. Yeah, that's no, right. yeah, praying about the, the things. Dismissive and if you would know, yeah. So and if you like know me like three years ago, like the difference between who I am now. But it's because I actually sought help of like, you know, people outside of the church world, which is so fascinating to me because I'm like, shouldn't they be in it? But mm. they're not in it because they're cast out of it because it's like mm, you dabble in basically witchcraft. I feel like people feel like yeah. that's what it is. Right. Um, like, oh, you're a psychiatrist. Like, mm, maybe we shouldn't be prescribing meds. Like, maybe we shouldn't. But also maybe we should in like certain cases. Um. Yeah, I don't know where that went. You guys can do with that what you want. I will do something with the Richard Rohr quote. So do he it. talks about how people and I think I even mentioned it on the the Prada podcast, but it's just stuck in my head. And you, you kind of spoke right to it. It's just that psychiatrists and these and these doctors who who found your the meds that would help you balance mm-hmm. your imbalance, like those people are doing the work of God, whether they yes. know it or not. And oh and you can God. phrase God as whatever you want. Yeah. Um. But they are doing the work that in like that nourishes people's like well-being and, and mm-hmm. gives them life and, and, and like enriches their souls and their being. Yeah. And, and I think there's so much poo-pooing done to that. And either or instead yeah. of and yeah. or, yeah. or not and or, and or, but and. Yeah. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I, prayer or just simple meditation, just stopping and yeah. focusing on something is good. Like yeah. there's studies done where like, so, like lowers your bl- blood pressure, you're mm-hmm. able to focus. Yeah. And it, it actually, um, when you go to bed at night, like your brain organizes things better and like sticks it in different places in your brain. When you meditate, it does that as well. So you're mm-hmm. able to like in the middle of your day, organize your thoughts and then leave that prayer and meditation and be able to be better at what you're doing the rest of the day. Yeah. So there is good things in tradition. That's why they've been around for so long. Right. But when you start using them as like the end all be all literal fix for everything mm-hmm. yeah I'm like man then then no one go to school right. yeah no one get degrees because we all just should be i mean i already did preachers that, didn't do that <laughs> yeah so. I, I don't know the, the, but there is there is a lot to talk there and i think a lot of the conversation is being had already mm-hmm. which is so awesome which is great and i see a lot of churches doing it now too which yeah. is so cool and like a lot of studies on like freedom and um i'm sure they call it a bunch of other things the only five churches that i know that are talking about it have called it freedom but um my thing is this like you're opening a door to something that i don't think a lot of people are ready for especially on staff what do you mean um like you are you're taking people through freedom like your freedom curriculum or whatever and that so op- i'm sorry so this is like a curriculum this is like familiar. a curriculum that so just about mental illness that or i don't think it actually so i haven't taken it i don't i can't speak like a hundred percent on it sure. i just know that there are multiple churches okay like around the u.s that are doing this curriculum so basically it's like a freedom study, whatever you basically try to find freedom, um, from whatever's like holding you back from experiencing Jesus or something like that. Um, but my thing is this, like, I think it's amazing. I think it's awesome that the conversation has started. I think that, you know, I believe that God can redeem anything. So that's great. But my thing is this, like if your staff is not trained to know how to deal with someone with a mental illness or a childhood trauma, um, and you are opening the doors of like, okay, let's get free. It's even more irresponsible. You are being extremely irresponsible yeah. with the gift that you've been given when it comes to like stewarding and uh, pastoring a church. And that doesn't just stand on the pastor's shoulders. That stands on everyone in leadership, everyone on staff, everyone that volunteers that is leading these studies. Um, and that doesn't mean like, and I've heard this so many times and it's like, well, how can you free anybody if you're not free for, like yourself? I don't agree with that, but that's a whole other like topic. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, is, it's like, no, how can you be a part of someone's freedom if you haven't been educated on how to communicate with them? 
You know, like that is the conversation and the thing that I think people need to be talking about within their staffs. Um, because like if you tell if you don't educate someone, you're going to get another person coming up to 15 year old Imani and saying, pray about it. Yeah. And then 15 year old Imani is going to go home and pray about it for a year and nothing's going to change. And then she's going to try and kill herself. So like that's really awkward because it's like, well, let's bring up everything to the surface and then figure it out. Right. You know, I think it's like you, you can there are these tools that you can try and implement that you think mm-hmm. will help. But like there isn't a silver bullet like this. Maybe the curriculum could be great for somebody struggling with some sort oh. of like compulsory habit or, or certain things. You're like, this is an unhealthy habit that I just can't seem. And maybe that's that that works in that situation. Yeah. And from what I've seen from it, like it's great for something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just that's just one of my my concerns for stuff like this, like in the church, because it's so like, OK, we need to talk about it. But like we don't want to talk about it that much. But like. We need to talk about the mental illness, but we really, mm, I don't know if like we can touch on that, this, that, or the other, yeah. um, which is why I was so like shocked when I went to church with you, like when um, Danny well, Prada yeah, was way, like, yeah. yeah, heart weight. It's so sick. Everyone should go. Um, when Danny was like talking about like mental illness and like prescription drugs from the platform. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a pastor except for Louis Giglio talk about like mental illness, prescription drugs, and like anything in between when it comes to like someone's mental health and mental well-being yeah. from the platform it's always been like let's have like a side conversation yeah can we talk about this like you know we don't want to like upset the elders or like whatever like right. that um but it's also like here's the thing the elders probably have never gone through it like they've probably gone through depression and anxiety but have never known what to call it and have always stuffed it under the rug and now you want to talk about generational curses and like you know chains and whatever um it's now passed on to their kids and to their kids' kids and all this fun stuff. So, I don't know. That's my tangent. I think yeah. I think normalizing it. Th- there's this thing where it's like, well, there's this fear of going. Well, if we talk about it, then it could kind of like snowball into this thing, and then people are going into then the people go to dark places that they wouldn't have gone had we not mentioned it. It's but like, obviously no, that's thin. There. Of course, yeah. like you're gonna. Yeah, of course you are. Only difference is now you know what to what you can name it. Mm-hmm. And then you know what you can do to help yourself and to help people that you love. Right. I, I just think like YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. TikTok. I mean, they're... Friendster. Yeah, everything. There are so many... Like life is... Everyone is able to see through bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very easy. I just watched a 25-minute video on why late night... Uh, talk shows need to change. Oh, good for you. Oh, send me the link because I, I have a I have so much time on my hands. <laughs> Congratulations um, to you. But he, uh, it, it was very along the lines of the, the talk shows are fake and everyone knows it. And I feel that's what's happened with churches is that mm. we have w- there's a great Instagram account called Church Milk, and it's really funny. It's hilarious. It's great, yes. but it's just like no, local churches and this weird shit that happens at local churches. But there's so much available to us. Mm-hmm. For when a pastor was when a pastor goes, oh, this sermon's called unsinkable, and it's on the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. I've never heard anyone talk about the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. There's never been any scientific papers written about it. And I Google in ten seconds, I find all these papers about the iceberg that sank the Titanic is still around. I'm like, dude, so I just lying. I don't I'm not gonna believe anything you say for the next forty five minutes. Which is right. a, it was bless. a very long forty five minutes. <laughs> I feel that way bless. about the like the Thanksgiving Day parade. Really? It's like it's like. So can we, all, can we all can we all agree that this is a lip sync performance? Oh, 100%. Can we disagree? Can we disagree that Jimmy Fallon was lip syncing? It's so bad. 
I thought it was incredible because I, I feel I like he it. became so Jimmy Fallon. He did the bird is the word, and him and the Roots were clearly lip syncing and like pantomiming. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, it was a lip sync that he knew that we knew he was lip syncing, nice. and so he was like acting ridiculous on purpose. Yeah, and people actually got mad. They're like, he's drunk, he's drunk. It's like, well, Maybe. no, he's just self-aware. And I yes. think it was like a med- it was like a wink to us yeah. to be like, I know that I know, you know, I know that, you that know. I'm lip syncing right yes, now. I so know at that least you know. you're going to watch me have a good time while I'm lip syncing at you. I love but that. But it's that thing where it's like, can we all just say, can you just be like, hey, here to perform to their track, to their single yeah. is the Jonas Brothers yeah. or whatever. Oh like God, just, right. here, just here to perform Sunday service is the church. <laughs> Oh, like, cause everyone, everyone can just go, yeah, but I'm calling your BS and you have no answers. Your answer is pray about it. Sure. Or you're going to come out with me with some apologetic stuff that the earth is not 10,000 years old and you are scientifically incorrect right. amongst everyone in the scientific community. Huh. So, so much of it. And, and Danny said it, and even you said it when asking your pastor, it's like, are the, my kid's going to grow up being smarter. Adrian's kid's going to grow up being smarter because there's knowledge available to them and they already know oh, how yeah. to use tablets and it's not taboo. It's no. not under the rug. And and they're they're just gonna be uh, the questions my kids are gonna ask me will be much more much different and more difficult than the questions I ask my parents. Mm-hmm. And I mean I, I know I'm not gonna have the answers. I hope that I answer them correctly. But for the church to just say I don't know or pray about it, I I hope there's some. Well, it's gonna happen whether the church wants it to or not. People just aren't gonna go, and the church will have to adapt or die. Right. So oh, something something happened, and I think we saw it the most like the past couple of decades where there was this idea that the sacred is what's happening inside church mm-hmm. and the secular is what happens the second you leave. And that's yeah. why everyone's trying to fill up the walls of the church because in here is where the secular happens. And then once you leave, that's where, sorry, in here is the sacred and out there is the secular. The mm-hmm. one exception I think would be like, if you're listening to worship music in your car, in which case you're doing the thing you would do in here out there, it's still the same concept. But as soon as you Except s- cursing at people when they cut you off, that happens to me all the time. Okay, there's so that's the secular sorry. and the sacred together. Yeah, that's who yeah, that's who I am as a person, I think. I, and I, and I feel like as soon as we start to like see that, you know, the divine, the Christ imprint is here inside the church, sure, but it's also uh when you're driving pissed off at people and when you're eating a good meal with your friends and when, mm-hmm. when you're having sex with your wife and when your baby is laughing and when you have a good glass of wine then the psalmist when he says that the earth is the lord's and everything in it mm-hmm. that resonates true and then all of a sudden you can pull away some of these categories to go oh that's a that's not a christian form of help that's a secular form of help and therefore we can't let you do that mm-hmm. but also yeah even to, to that point more i mean once you start expanding once you start saying that the sacred can happen anywhere, then you, then you start seeing the sacred in anyone. And, and everything. Yes. And you're like, oh my God. And then, right. th- then you're like, well, like I brought up that, that um, I don't know if I brought it up. Did I talk about the New Zealand shooting with Danny? And Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like even there in the morning, M-O-U-R-N, mm-hmm. like I I felt the the divine or the, the, the God mystery there amongst various uh, nations of people and people of faiths and it was to me it felt right yeah. um and i don't want to go based on my feelings but i've been in places where things felt extremely wrong like mm-hmm. i shouldn't be here i'm in a dangerous position like mm-hmm. if we're emissions trips and stuff like we shouldn't be at the shop or whatever i felt that foreboding sense mm-hmm. but i've also felt times when like this person i'm talking to or my neighbor who just walks over and i don't want to have a conversation but i have it anyway and i come away from like that was way better than i like that felt good yeah like like saying the christ isn't in that yeah. is robbing like myself of, of enjoying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you that, tune your 
um, sometimes when I tune my guitar, I tune the E string down just by ear. And then I strum the two strings together. And there's something in you that knows when the notes, they're not the same note, but they harmonize together. And you can just feel that vibration that's happening at the same time. And then you just know it's in tune and it's just kind of in tune. From now on, I'm just going to text everything I want to say to Adrian. And then he's just going to text me back what he would say. And now I will say that thing. I spent about a good, what felt like 30 minutes. Trying to explain a really shitty metaphor. No, no they were both neighbor. great. Adrian just the guitar string. No, but they fucking they, Aaron Weiss no, from you without you. You suck, oh my dude. God. They work together. You guys work together beautifully, and think? I'm really oh, proud of you. Oh, thanks, mom. Oh, yeah, you're thanks, welcome. mom. Yeah. Mamani. Oh my god, that's good. So I want to steal something from Pete Holmes. Let's do it. Um, Let's steal it. So Rip he it. asked this question, and um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna what's it called? I'm gonna paraphrase it. So All right, the question sick. is to you. When is something like you felt something spiritual, whether good or bad, but like undeniably spiritual? Like, what was that moment? It doesn't have to be a good story. Just like, what did you feel? And what, 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 what was that? Like you knew you were in it. Yeah. Like you were in, like you somehow walked into the bubble and this bubble contained all the spiritualness of that moment. And, and it was God. good. This happens And all the, the ground time. was holy. Well, yeah. Oh, then give us like. A, it literally it. happens all the time. Tell so me. I'll be sitting like in conversations like this and. Like if I'm actually like present in it, which I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a lot more present mm-hmm. in like everything. Um, and just like someone says something and it just clicks. Like I get goosebumps. It's really weird. And I never get goosebumps. You have a specific example oh, or man. no? It ha- happens all the time. Me can't yeah. think of an example. Yeah. Um, it happens a lot at shows. So like it'll happen. So a lot of the time when I'm on tour with Silent Planet, like, oh my God, I just hit the mic. Um, no, but when I'm inside the Silent Planet, like. That was my ankle cracking. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> She's so self-aware. I'm so sorry. My joints are being joints. My, so no, sorry. my joints are being figure skating joints. Okay, cut that out. Oh, we'll start stop over. your figure skating. You're, no, you're, shut up. Okay, cut, cut all of this out. No, this is staying in. See, She's trying to brag about herself. She's like, oh. I, 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 like, oh sorry. I don't feel the spirit right now, okay? I, feel I can skate backwards and you can't, Josh Link. I know I can't skate backwards, Imani. Sorry, my amazing joints. Stop, uh, I'm so My graceful joints. It's graceful joints. Are you joints. not familiar with graceful joints? It's like an interesting I don't have thing. Those, so. I do work on it. That that came on right after Touch by an Angel. Graceful, graceful joints. joints. <laughs> no, graceful joints is actually the product coming the Snoop Dogg just released. <laughs> I'm no longer Snoop Lion. I am Snoop Pastor, and these are my graceful, graceful joints. joints. You just released Take it in the blessed. truth shop. You're welcome, everybody. You're welcome, Snoop Dogg. We would like next to the testaments. Would, oh my God, the graceful joints. Graceful joints. Sorry, I'm sorry. Oh we interrupted God, you. That was so good. We were it's literally fine. we led Imani to an actually reflective spiritual place, I and then we just up. shat upon it. Good my job, bad. Man. That's good. So anyway, back to me. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you guys too. Um, but no, when I'm on tour with Silent Planet, like there will be times where like they'll just be playing and I'll be either taking pictures or just have just put my camera down and I'll just watch. Mm. Like, oh my God, it's my favorite thing um, to not do my job. But like <laughs> just watch. Um, and it's just so cool to like see how like the crowd reacts to them and how they react to the crowd and just like those moments. And then all of a sudden I'll just get goosebumps and then mm. I'll just like start crying. I cry all the time. God, I'm so emotional. I literally cry all the time. Um, I'm on really good antidepressants, so I don't cry as much as I used to. Oh. But when I cry, I cry. Um, so I'll like just stand like somewhere and be like, "This is really special." And like, it's usually there. It's like times where God's reminding me of like, "Hey, like I'm really good, and like I'm really faithful to you, and like the desires on your heart are not—they're not unseen, and like 
if you just trust me, like you will have many more of these moments where like you desire that. Like I desired that when I was younger. No idea what band I would go on tour with, but like it just worked out that like the band that I ended up touring with, like we just clicked and like we lined up and like I believe in everything that they're doing. And so like getting to watch them actually live that out um, is always my favorite thing. So like I'll just get goosebumps and start crying. Um, when was the last time it happened to me? That usually happens when a lot of the times like when people are sharing their story with me and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, you're so brave. Like, you're literally so brave. You're so cool. And just like seeing like, for me, it's like the goodness of God, like through their life is just like a reminder to me. Um, what was, I'm trying to think of the other time that this happened. That's great. But it's, it's, yeah, it's almost like you, you can't, there isn't a, like a, every time this particular thing happens, it's just something you just kind of feel. You just feel it. Like it happens in the second. And you just know. And you know. And you just know. And you're like, um, okay, so I have goosebumps. And I'm like, holy spirit's upon me. Goosebumps, that's usually a good indicator. Yeah, yeah the, sure. holy bumps. <laughs> the holy bumps. And I'm the like, holy bumps is the, the name of an joints. ointment cream. Ew. That Provided I, by Snoop Dogg. I am not going down that road. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road ever. Not in this conversation, not in real life. So we actually had this idea. I don't know if we're going to do it to well, this, uh, this episode. Well, you're about to put it on the internet. But we had an idea where uh, our listeners will submit products that don't exist, but they would love to hear an improvised advertisement for. I would and be I here for that. And I think that the holy, maybe next next episode. Holy I think bumps. The holy bump ointment cream is actually a pretty, pretty That's good so gross. Idea. It's that's like so you get it after you've shaken hands with people when it's like, okay, turn and greet your neighbor. And you're like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And then you like look at your hand and you're like, there are germs around me. And then you put the holy bump. Got the holy bump ointment cream. Ooh, so gross. <laughs> do you want to do some sip smoke reading? Yeah, I think now would be a great time to let's listen to a new segment. We like to call it sip, smoke, read. Sip, smoke, sip, smoke, read. So you know we read that shit. That shit. For those of you who don't know, this is the segment where we talk about what we're sipping, what we're smoking, what we're reading, what are we kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying to. Imani, would you like to go first, or yeah. would you like one of us to lead? I mean, you can go. Please go first. No, go. I've talked a lot. Okay. So I've been... <laughs> Sick. Love this journey I've been you. sipping. Uh, it, it actually, uh, it's, it, I've been watching this YouTube channel a lot, and then um, I've been I've heard about this drink called the Egg Cream. And I put it on my Instagram. I've never had an egg There's no cream. egg in it, and there's no cream in it. Uh, but this, di- this dude did a 21-minute video on the history of it. And it's tied to the history of carbonated drinks in the United States. Huh. Very interesting stuff. The guy's uh, YouTube channel is called Lofty Pursuits. Hmm. It's a candy, toy, ice cream breakfast shop in Tallahassee, Florida, six hours and 40 minutes away. Let's I go. Definitely want to go. I definitely It's like 50 flavors home. of their own like soda fountain syrups and stuff. Respect. So the egg cream is four ounces of really cold milk, okay. uh, like uh, all the way to the top of seltzer, just regular seltzer water, and then homemade chocolate syrup. So How do you make homemade chocolate syrup? I made it in on Wednesday. I made it. It's just like cocoa powder and so sugar. So there's no alcohol in it? No. Respect. But it's like, a, it's like a fizzy, slightly bitter chocolate milk. It's really good. Wow. You have I to drink it, it quick because the, the, the seltzer disappears. Yeah. Huh. Because the milk is so, like, heavy. It's very weird. I'm into that. But, yeah, he made it seem so, like, beautiful. Sure. 
you appreciated it. Chrome edges on old cars because it's like it's like photos of gut, like soda jerks pulling it down. I'm over right, here, right, right, right. like spilling syrup everywhere, <laughs> trying to get like Instagram perfect. So that's what I drank, and then I'm almost done with um bitten by a camel. I You're just, liking it? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I want to buy it for everyone. It's so good. I, I was I like was giving Imani's. I was reading Imani some things before he showed up. It's just, it's really really good. Um, yeah. So that, that's like my it. thing. Yeah. I think it's it. Yes. Cool. And I wrote down I need to buy some batteries for stuff, but that's that's, <laughs> that's not sitting smoking notes. or reading. It's for a train. <laughs> okay. Yeah, your kids really want to <laughs> yes. play with that. So train. you're enjoying trains. You are enjoying Ed cream, a book bitten by a camel, and I have to build a train for my son. If I don't. I will never hear the end of it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to push that tree on top of you next time you walk by. Yeah, so that's my Christmas. That's my whole thing. I love it. And Monty, how about you? Okay, I always thought, I don't know why I've listened to every episode of your podcast. I should know this by now. Like, you don't actually want to know literally, like, if I'm sipping anything or smoking anything. It's just an excuse to talk about yourself and what you're into. That's yeah. so fun. Okay, I'm first of all, for the record, I'm not smoking anything. I love margaritas and wine. Um, Bless up. Yeah. Is there a specific wine or or? I like red wine. Any of any red wine. Okay. It could be sweet. It could be bitter. It could be dry. It could be any of it. Got it. Okay. Um, so this wasn't a product plug. Okay. I no. thought, with I thought anything, maybe you're gonna say or by itself. Like you want red wine with like a food or just kick. Oh, back. I want it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner <laughs> okay. all the time. Great. So like I'll eat it with my Cheerios. I'll eat it like yeah, whatever. Yeah, get it, girl. Yeah. So I love wine. Um, but like alcohol doesn't love me because it makes me swell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can't drink it. Makes you feel swell? Like, I feel swell. Pour me an egg cream, daddy o No, it makes me feel like. Swell up like Violet like a Beauregard. Puffer. No, she yeah. gets swole like the rock. That's what she means. No, I wish. It's more of like it's taking me further and further away from being the rock. It's more of putting me more and more and more into the, the ground. The sock. I don't know. Don't ever say that again. Dude, the rock and sock connection was mankind in this WWF stuff. Mankind with his little sock puppet and the rock Dwayne Johnson. You didn't oh, know that. I, I, rock yeah. and sock connection. You learn man. something the new every day. Yeah. Connection. Um, no one gives a shit. No, totally no one fine. does. Me. No um, can you like stop talking? So wine, no. it makes you swell up like, it like makes me swell Arnold up. Schwarzenegger. No, not at all. It's like I'm a, trying to like think of like a puffer fish, fish like Miss mm. Puff from Spongebob. I'm just seeing Imani like Popeye. Knocking back wine bottles and getting, getting blue swole. I wish. God, I would pose for the picture. Dude, I'd be an alcoholic. Um, if I were getting swole, I'm not neither of those things. Um, my daughter just walked into the she kitchen. She made eye contact with me as she walked. She's stone cold, dude. She's like, I know you're an alcoholic. <laughs> okay, listen. This is a total side note. The last time I stayed at the Lynx house, dude, I was sleeping on this air mattress out here, and I felt it in my soul. I was like, I'm going to wake up to a small child over top of me. Like, I just know. 3 a.m., the devil's time, okay? Like, the devil's time. That's so good. Dude, 3.30. 3.33 is the devil's time. So the witching hour is 3 to 4. Look it up in the Bible. It's probably not there. I don't know. So, um... This is the chapter on witches. <laughs> okay. I could also go off about witches because they're not what you think. Anyway. So I'm sleep- Why did we talk about that we, for an hour? Yeah. We're going to have to touch on that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. We can touch on it. It's yeah, real quick. Great. So I'm sleeping on this air mattress, right? And I just felt it in my spirit. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to wake up to a small child over me. And which is like my nightmare. But mm-hmm. like, I love children. So like, I'm like, okay, it's fine. So I roll over. It's like 349 because I checked the clock. Um, and <laughs> sweet Emma with her like blanket disheveled hair the only light is coming from like some nightlight in, yeah, yeah. in the living room backlit. she's backlit and oh, she's Jesus. over the like the mattress nope. and she's like 
You didn't tell me that. I didn't tell you that? Yeah, this happened. That's so cute. Oh, it was so cute. I have a whole video of like us talking. It was really great because I was like, this is too fun for me. So she just was like, I was like, oh, wait. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, hi. (laughs) Are you okay? Like, what's going on? Like, she's like, can I get in bed with you? And I was like, sure. So So then we talked about like Little Red Riding Hood. And then I talked about how like she has a really fast metabolism because she can eat so much bread. (laughs) Little Red or my daughter? No, Little Red Riding Hood. Where she eat all the bread from? Is it Little Red? Not Little Red. Yeah. With the Big Bad Wolf, right? Yeah. Is that the right story? But the, she but the, bread? The, she the, takes the, the bread to her grandma and she like is like... Super- she ate it though? No. The fable is she, not no, that... No, she's... The fable no, is, has nothing to do with being, Little Red Riding Hood's metabolism. No, she's no, gluten I was intolerant. Being she can't eat bread. Funny. I was being funny and I was like... Oh, oh that's what you call Jesus, it. Jesus, like, Lord <laughs> in heaven. I was like... I was like... Oh, she's like, okay, tell me a story. I'm like, about what? She's like, Little Red Riding Hood. I was like, oh my God. I was like, I don't even know the story that well. I was like, yes, yeah, so a little Red Riding Hood made herself some bread because she's a really fast metabolism. Oh, God. And like, it. she doesn't get fat okay. when she eats cute, it. Like, she's cute. good for her. Like, whatever. I'll play you the video. It's adorable. Anyway, moving on. That happened. Mm-hmm. It was a great time. And I woke up petrified. But then I was like, this is the sweetest thing ever. <laughs> okay. So I'm reading um, Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness. It is amazing. It's a lot about vulnerability, which, like, you know, your girl loves. Mm-hmm. Um, reading a lot of that. I think I'm almost done with it. I think I have like two more chapters, but it's phenomenal. You'd recommend it. Oh, 100%. 110%. Um, and I'm really into this show called Modern Love. Have you guys seen it? No. no. It's on Amazon. Okay. It's stories that are written into the New York Times about like, just like love stories or just in general, like love in general of like Make my best cry. friend. Dude, I cry every <laughs> single episode. Oh, it's like worse than Queer Eye for me. Oh so my dad and I watched it the other day and we're like, he's seen like two of the episodes. So we watched the first two episodes. We're both sobbing. Yeah. Like, dude, my eyes were so swollen yesterday because I cried all night the night before from watching this amazing show. So I totally recommend it if you need a good cry or just need to be- believe in love again. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm into. I love it. I'm convinced. I, I just wanted to mention this because you talked about Emma standing over. I'm convinced. I saw, I saw a tweet. They said, I'm convinced that as soon as your kid... Uh, knows how to open their own doors. Mm-hmm. You, you live in a haunted house. Yeah. <laughs> I I was watching so TV and I turned the TV off and my house, I had to turn off all the lights and then I have to, I check my front door locks and then I and I walk up the stairs using nothing but the light of my cell phone because nope. all the lights downstairs are off. Nope. And so I, I turn off the TV, I use the bathroom, I like turn off all the lights, I use my cell phone to like guide me to the door nope. and then I turn and at the top of my stairs is just my son staring down at me and nope. he's, he's three years old and it was like as close to I, I, if you've ever th- there was no like jump scare with the violins mm-hmm. but there was yeah like, oh god oh jesus <laughs> and so you. it was terrifying so i'm I, waiting for the like terrifying. the moment that one of my kids goes yeah they're in my room no. Like, well, we're leaving. <laughs> we're burning the house down. <laughs> Have you read those things where it's like things oh, yeah. that kids say and you're like, oh, we were talking yeah. about this. Yeah. I'm not doing Emily this. and I were talking about that. That's no. ter- freaking terrifying. Unbelievable. Lord well, um, let me talk about what's something that I, I, there isn't anything new that I have been drinking. Although, uh, I wanted to know, you came over for a cigar night mm-hmm. and you got me a cigar and it was freaking great. That's what precious. did you get me? It was uh, acid cigars. Mm. Oh my god, um, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, so they they're made by Drew Estate. The brand Estates. is acid. Yeah, the brand is acid. So Drew Estate okay. makes some. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, and all the cigars are made with um, like tea leaves, like natural herbs and spices. Ooh. It's kind of looked down upon, uh, like cigar dudes, cause, but it smells sure. amazing and it tastes so good. I'm like, this is my money. Right. I'll spend it how I want to. 
this is my body oh, man. and I will treat it however yeah, I want to. It tastes so my good temple. that whenever I'm smoking not an acid cigar, not a Drew Estate cigar, I always regret not doing it. But yeah, that's what I got you. That was, was really, really good. good. Well, thanks, Very man. Good. I, I appreciate that. I've never smoked a cigar. Oh. That sounds fun. Next time. Thank you. I, um, guys, uh, as far as my read, I have something to admit I'm a little ashamed of. I'm stepping into the light to live my truth. I just finished the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. God bless. You know what? <laughs> I believe in you. Link is taking off his headphones. Put your headphones back He's on. taking them off. No, he this took off his hat. He took off it's his shirt. It's a good read, right? He walked into the pool. He has a chainsaw. <laughs> he, just cha- he just tied a weight to his feet. He's done. Uh, guys, we, uh, Alyssa and I, <laughs> we like looked at our Christmas budget and we're like, oh no. Oh yeah. What budget? Oh, oh no. Zero dollars. Oh, no. no, no, the children. <laughs> and so <laughs> we are kind of trying to turn over a new leaf and I am the kind of person who is like, I need to get into the headspace yes. of a person who's all about that. I need to be stoked about this. I need to thing. be like hyped about it to give me some momentum to jump in. Mm-hmm. And so I always go for like the most extreme person doing that thing. That's and then I kind of, I tend to kind of dilute it and make it more applicable to me. So I finished the total money makeover. Mm-hmm. Very intense. I got to say, I don't love the man. Uh, Cause he is, he's really waspy. Yeah. Uh, but boy, does he know money. So I I have a theory that the same sort of everything's okay righteousness that you have to, you feel you have to deliver in church is the same, like my money, I got plenty of money. Mm -hmm. I'm good for it. Oh no, I can, we can afford that. We can probably swing that. It's like the same thing that I tend to project. I'm sure we all do, but I I definitely tend to project that when I'm like with like my friends. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about like this, like. I have to. That's really sweet. Show that I am better off than yeah. I actually it's am. Keeping up with the, with the Joneses. Good That's for it. you yeah. guys, because yeah. like I straight up go to my friends and I'm like, no, we're eating in because like I have no money. <laughs> like I am broke as a joke, and no one's laughing. Like <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Yeah. So that's uh. So guys, if you level, if you Adrian. hear um the the flipping ruffle rustle of uh dollar bills being stuffed into envelopes because they've been strictly budgeted, that yes! is me. I love the envelope uh, system everyone should try. Yeah, that's me and Dave doing the thing. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's just interesting because Dave Ramsey does have – he's he's really good with money. But Great there are some money. people – I mean, he's also uh, I don't want to name – yeah, but I don't want to name names. But people I, I've known that are close to me have done the Dave Ramsey thing and then sold their vehicles and, like, I'm good, like, super extreme. Like, like wow. Burn their you. bras. Cool. How's that go? Yes. Two months later, or they bought a better vehicle. Like that's the exact opposite of Dave. Well, of course, uh-huh. it's like a oh, cold yeah. turkey thing. Oh yeah, it's for like, sure. It's like anything. Yeah. It's like a he's. You know what? He's like the equivalent of a uh, like a crash diet. You know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, trust me, it's I like, know. It's like the secret is no sugar ever. Yeah. The secret you know, is starving yourself <laughs> and depriving you yourself eat a of a lemon rind. Yeah, it's it. Yeah. They yeah. Steph like and I that. are doing the same thing, budgeting, and it's not fun because it like sucks. it could like. I want to do a thousand things at this house. There's like a, things I want to give to my kids. And, and it was interesting. Steph and I were talking about it last night, last night th- or the night before. I don't know. Um, but like where my parents came from, and I'm sure you guys can attest to this too. Like we, my parents barely afforded a trailer next to the dolphin stadium oh, wow. mm. for like six years. And then they bought a house where they currently live and they, they barely could afford it. And 
I ate uh, cut up hot dogs and baked beans, and my mom called them beanie weenies, and they were Aren't great. Aren't they so good? But yes. we did it because we had zero dollars. Right. Yeah. How old were you when you guys moved? When they moved into their new house, into their it was like, ninety one. So I was five, six years old. Wow. So they they were roughing it with you guys. And for then like I had years milk and, and bananas like for breakfast. My mom yeah. would pour milk and wow. cut up bananas, and like she called bananas and cream. That's yeah. not bananas That's and cream. That's so good. I wow. Yes. I'm but try you, that. but you didn't, but you never no. thought like I'm in hardship. No, because my parents made made it fun. So yeah, my parents made it fun. Even though it wasn't fun, when I put when I put it in that perspective, I'm like we, we need to be responsible for our money. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those of you guys just tuning in here, uh, hearing an edited version, this is probably the seventh uh, pause slash interruption uh, due to the sights and sounds of the Link household. It's great. Yeah, I think we're just gonna leave it in just for the sake of being honest with everyone. Transparency. So it's is uh, good. it's ten fifteen, and my son. Um, refuses to go to sleep because um, he is FOMO for everything. He and, so and he really trying... loves me and he misses yes. me and he wants to hang out. And he's trying to entice the dog who's eating behind us. Yeah, that's the sound of that. Yeah, to go with him and Copper's face first into a bowl oh, of food. Oh, he's saying Copper. Yeah, what do you think he's saying? I thought he was saying Taco. Who's Taco? Taco. But he was saying Capo. No. That'll, that'll, that'll come in a couple of years when he just wants to eat. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> You're what? The food is spoiled. Can you... Can you, t- can you say it in the microphone? Can you say it in the no, microphone, say what you please? Have to say. Yes. Nice and quiet. Say in the microphone. Now you don't, now you don't want to talk? Okay. Go to bed. Tell the world that you love me. Can you give me medicine? For what? His throat is hoarse, is what he said. Your throat hurts? Can you stop talking? Go to bed. <laughs> That'll work, right? His dad of the year. Oh, oh, oh. And we have another. Everyone and is it's in a the party. kitchen. It is a party. Why is no one in bed? <laughs> Oh my god, that should be your new segment where like they come in and then they ask your guest a question. Because I'm trying to do something fun with my friends. Come ask me a bed? question. <laughs> you do, Emma. Give me that, please. Well, guys, that's pretty much it for <laughs> sip, smoke, and read. Yeah. We thank you so much for listening to this episode. It's been a really great time, Imani. We love you. And we appreciate thank you, Imani. You, you have anything so you want much. to plug? What anything? are your yeah. What are your handles? Social, your social handles? handles. Everything is my first and last name because my name's really What's difficult. Your last name? Giverts. Can you spell it? Yeah. Straight through. G I V E R T Z. That's that's my name. It's if there. you want some cool band pictures, and then she throws them together to make like stop motion video Little things, gifts. super cool, yeah, super or cool, gifs, yeah. whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's really fun. I like it a lot. Um, please hire me because unlike Adrian, I am not ashamed to tell the world that I have no money. <laughs> I, money. I have no money, and I love my life right now because I have no money, and it's great. But honestly, I really do love my life right now. It's the most fun I've had in a really long time. Um, and I have prints for sale. So cool. I go to my that. website. There is a button you can click that says prints, and I would love for you to give them to your friends for Christmas That's or give cool. them to yourself because I believe in treating yourself, but not oh. too much because Dave Ramsey is like over <laughs> my shoulder at all. It has to be in your envelope. Yeah, yeah. So get yourself an Imani Giverts Fund envelope and uh, put some cash in it. I love it. If you want to connect with us on social media, it is Dirty Rotten Church Kids on Instagram and it is Dirty Rotten CK on Twitter. You got it. If you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and give us a subscribe as well as a rating and a cute little comment. Share it with someone. Send it to someone. Yeah, for, pass it around. For a gift. Every other Wednesday, we drop in that new new. Yeah, if, if we feel like it. If we, if we feel like it. Unless we don't want to. Unless something happens unless to our lives. not in the envelope. Yes. <laughs> well, guys, that's it for the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's all going to be okay. Our intro music was written by Party Mouth, and this episode was sponsored by Lisa Frank Trapper Keepers. Big thanks to the figure skating prodigy Imani Giberts and a huge thank you to everyone who has subscribed to the podcast and left a review. Means a lot to us that you all are digging it. I don't want to work. 
I just wanna bang on this mug all day.